0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Collision Post Show for July 29, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Saturday nights, wherever you may be. Man, what a show tonight. Holy shit.
1: AEW Collision continues to put on
0: the best pro wrestling show anywhere on a Saturday night, man. I know a lot of you guys are excited when we get a show like this. I'm excited when we get a show like this. If you are not watching Collision, you are not doing yourselves any favors, honestly. Tonight was tremendous. From top to bottom, it was tremendous. Great wrestling Story, consistency on a week to week basis, man. That's all I really ask for. It's all I really ask for. Week to week consistency and shit that gets you excited for the following week, man. The formula is so simple. A formula that AEW seemingly has gone away from. A formula that WWE seemingly doesn't really get. They don't grasp it, they don't understand it anymore. Collision. And whoever's in charge of Collision alongside Tony Khan is doing a fantastic job, man. We're going to start with this. Jesse's not here tonight. Jesse was at the Impact Tapings, and Jesse will be back hopefully with me next Saturday as it looks to be another major show for AEW Collision. He was at the Impact Tapings this weekend in Chicago, and he is on site doing what he has to do over there with Impact. Hopefully he will be back with me next week. I am flying solo, obviously, tonight on the live stream. Number two, I'm still in Orlando. So if you guys are wondering, did J.D. get a new webcam? Why does J.D. have an echo to him? His sound usually sounds perfect. Don't worry about it. I'm on site in Orlando. I have business to take care of down here. I will be home in New York at 11 a.m. tomorrow and we'll have fun and get back to the business as usual on the podcast so do not worry about anything we're gonna have a good time tonight and it's gonna be another great show as always because we always deliver on the show and i got you guys are unbelievable man Zane with a $100 super chat. He says, JD, we're here drinking with my boy, Mike. Hope you're doing good and hope your grandmother's doing good, my brother. Prayers to you, my man. Billy, listen, brother, I appreciate you being here, man. My grandma's doing real good. She is living her life in peace and everything is good, man. She's in good health. And uh, hopefully I will be uh, catching up with her and visiting her in her new home uh, very, very soon. But thank you for your thoughts and prayers, Billy. I really appreciate it. Let's start with this, man. CM Punk. CM Punk, finally. I wish Jesse was here, man, because I see, you, you better fucking believe I sent Jesse a picture about this shit tonight while he was fucking watching Impact. I sent him a picture of what was going on with CM Punk, man, and he said, and I quote, finally... Finally, CM Punk finally revealed what was in the red sack, in the red bag. He pulled it out, and it was everything that we expected it to be. It was the AEW World Championship that CM Punk never lost. CM Punk never lost that championship, and CM Punk is claiming that he is now the real world's heavyweights champion. Ricky Starks obviously has beaten CM Punk And going back to episode one of Collision, CM Punk said word for word that nobody will take this from him until they are able to fill his boots and pin him in that ring. One, two, three. Ricky Stocks did that. CM Punk's rebuttal was you have to live with the fact that you beat me and you had to cheat to do it. But in the reality of the situation, It's not going to really tell you how Ricky Starks won. It's going to say, Ricky Starks defeated CM Punk, and CM Punk's going to be in the box score with an L next to his name. That's all that really matters. That's Ricky Starks' rebuttal. It doesn't matter how I beat you. I just beat you. Ricky Starks and CM Punk are face-to-face tonight in what I thought was a tremendous promo, which leads to CM Punk pulling out the title... And then the match is made for next week on Collision. I was wondering what CM Punk would be doing at All In. He did mention Wembley. He did mention All In. The fact that people wondering if he's going to be there or not. I suspect 100% that CM Punk will be in London at Wembley Stadium. I was wondering if it would actually be against Ricky Starks. And I know a lot of people really aren't high on that match being a Wembley match in front of 80,000 plus people. But we're getting the match next week. I'm wondering what they're doing with this world championship now that CM Punk has finally revealed. Are we going... He did mention... He did indirectly mention MJF tonight. And he didn't really say MJF's name. But he indirectly kind of subtweeted MJF tonight on Collision in that promo. I wonder if they're actually going to do MJF versus CM Punk all in, I don't think that's the right place to do it. I don't think that's the direction that they're going in. But now we get the ball rolling with CM Punk on collision pulling out this world championship. The other thing I'm wondering is MJF really doesn't wrestle on Saturday night unless it is a major situation like it was tonight with the tag team championships. I thought that tag team title match tonight was absolutely tremendous. I thought the closing sequence with MJF And Adam Cole was tremendous television. I'm glad Tony Khan did not pull the trigger on breaking this team up yet. Everybody thought it was coming, but the majority of the people do not want this to end yet. It got me wondering if Tony Khan and AEW are going to use this for the time being until we get a clash of worlds here. I wonder if they're going to operate collision with this world championship. It makes me wonder what they're doing now with this, and it would make sense for them to operate on Saturday night with this being the de facto, the default, world championship. They did mention, and the rumors kind of suggested, that there would be a brand split. As soon as Collision started, everybody was wondering how Tony Khan was going to split the rosters. And here we are now, Realistically, looking at two world championships, we have Triple B with MJF, who usually works Wednesday nights. It is within his character to not want to work Saturday night. He's on Wednesdays, and Punk is on Saturday. We have two world champions now in AEW. CM Punk has every right to claim that he's the world champion. He never lost. He was punished. He was stripped. He was suspended. But he never lost the championship. Nobody ever pinned him for it I think anybody watching this per storyline would do the same thing that CM Punk did tonight and claim that he is the real world champion because nobody legitimately beat him for that championship in a sanctioned match on AEW television are we getting two world champions like we have on WWE TV with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns but on AEW with MJF and CM Punk I like that idea I like it and then when the time is right, when their paths cross, when the story finally reaches that boiling point, then we get the match that everybody's anticipating, the big money match that you know Tony Khan wants to do. He was sitting on this before Punk got injured and before the media scrum last year at All Out. You, you knew this is where they were going with it. But honestly, all that has happened so far And Punk being suspended and Punk getting hurt and the media scrum and everything kind of coming to a screeching halt. Honestly, the way that I feel about it, with everything that went down, we may actually get a better version of what was supposed to happen now with Collision being the birthplace of this brand new CM Punk character. The Punk that we should have gotten upon his return after eight years. So I'm looking at this as a positive. I think whatever they had planned to do is now being executed, but only a lot better. So I'm very excited about where this is going. Ricky Starks and CM Punk for the AEW World Championship, the real world championship. They're even claiming it's the real world championship in the graphics for next week's collision. I love it. I absolutely love it. This itself is going to make very interesting television, captivating television on Saturday night. Good shit. The other big thing that happened tonight, obviously, was the tag team title match. Tremendous match. I, I did not expect anything less from these four guys. Four of the absolute best on this planet. MJF, Adam Cole, better than you, Bay, And then FTR, which we all know arguably are, the, uh, are, are two of the, the, the best in the business. Probably the best tag team in the world, bar none with what happens in that squared circle. Tremendous main event with these two teams. It was the final of the Blind Limited Tag Team title tournament, and everybody was suspecting that MJF would turn on Adam Cole at the end of the match. That did not happen. Now, I don't know if we are going to get it. I don't know if we're going to get it on Wednesday. I don't know if we're going to get it before all-in. I don't know if we're going to get it before all-out. I have no fucking idea. Tony Kant and I threw a wrench in those plans, Everybody kind of suspected that it would happen tonight, and when we didn't get it, now everybody's asking, well, what is going on? Is Tony Khan going to continue this unbelievable partnership, this lightning-in-a-bottle bromance that is sweeping AEW television? Everybody loves this. Is Tony Khan going to continue it? When's the breakup going to happen because that's where it's going? What he did tonight was brilliant. He didn't give you what you all were expecting, and I'm glad that we did not get it. Now we have to wait till Wednesday to see what happens with MJF and Adam Cole, and if it does end in a split, which then leads to a match at All-In for the AEW World Championship. I thought what he did tonight was absolutely picture-perfect. He threw a wrench in those plans, and now you are asking a ton of different questions instead of the one question that we all knew Possibly was going to happen tonight. Is is the breakup happening on Saturday night? Man, he deaded that fucking question quick tonight. Love it. Always love when you expect something to happen and you don't get it. And then you get four or five different fucking questions on top of the original question, man. This is what I say every single week, man. Week to week to week. This itself brings you to Wednesday night anticipating what's going to happen on episode 200 of AEW Dynamite. Great. Absolutely fantastic. We got a ladder match with Andrade and Buddy Matthews. Two of the best in the world, man. One of the better TV matches that you'd see with a ladder match stipulation. I thought what they did was really, really good shit tonight. We'll talk about what happened there. Apparently, Buddy Matthews had a separated shoulder in the, in the middle of that match, which Doc Sampson popped back into place during the commercial break. So, holy shit there for Buddy Matthews. And he continued that match, which I'm assuming he was in excruciating pain to finish that match out. And it was tremendous. Both guys absolutely deserve a round of applause for what they did tonight with Andrade getting his mask back. And we got the ladies. The ladies on AW Collision tonight. I thought they had a very good showing. And something that Jesse has been asking for on... AEW Television, where is Mercedes Martinez? Where is she? She's too good to be off TV. AEW Collision needs, and I'm telling you this right now, needs a solid nucleus of women that could carry that division that aren't the norm, which I mean, Britt Baker, the outcasts, and all the typical casts of characters that you see on Wednesday night. We need a solid nucleus of ladies You saw four of them tonight, which I hope are a solid nucleus for this show moving forward. Seriously. And we'll discuss that a little bit later in the show because we have the world championship held by Tony Storm and the TBS championship for Chris Statlander. Now, it would make sense if they switched them because one title is named after the other network that Dynamite is on, but my point will still be the same. Generally, I love, I would love if AEW did a brand split, a soft brand split, whatever brand split, especially with the ladies. One championship should be directly on Dynamite and the other championship should be directly on Collision. That's what I sense would be the best decision here. You get one group of women on one show, one group of women on the other, two champions that stand on their own at the top of their divisions. That's what I think would lead to a better health of the women's division. I don't know where they're going with it, but Mercedes Martinez and Chris Statlander for the TBS championship is one hell of a start to get the thing rolling on Collision. Unbelievable stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But what I saw tonight from Collision for two hours, man, this was top to bottom the best Collision so far in the month and a half that it's been on TV And it continues to be the best wrestling show on TV on a weekly basis. Absolutely no questions asked. Better than Raw, better than SmackDown, better than Dynamite. Collision continues to dominate, and if you're not watching, you're missing two hours of incredible TV. Thank you guys for joining me, man, on this Saturday night. I know there's a lot going on. You may be out having a good time. Maybe you got a cold beverage in your hand. Maybe you're watching some MLB baseball. Maybe you're watching UFC 291 tonight. Regardless, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on your Saturday nights. We're going to try and get through this tonight. We got 1,600 people in here. I appreciate every single one of you hanging out with me. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button like a lot of people did today because we had a great showing with that unbelievable 26-minute call-to-action video about what had happened in the AEW women's locker room with something being addressed by an independent wrestler being held down in AEW, claiming that it's not bad creative, it's just a lot of politicking that's ruining what could be the best women's division in all of North America. I appreciate every single one of you that showed up to that video today. We did 15,000 plus views in six hours. You guys brought that thing over 1,000 plus likes within the first two hours. You guys left your opinions on it like it really mattered. So if you guys missed that video today, man, go and check it out. I don't have any inside scoops. I don't have any sources, but... From my vantage point, from what I see on television, a lot of what I said holds a lot of weight in that video. Go check it out. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys follow me on social media as well. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Please go and hit that follow button on all the appropriate social media platforms. Make sure you guys go check out the rest of the content on the channel. Plenty of it. There'll be more tomorrow. I'm thinking about doing an NXT post show for their pay-per-view tomorrow night. The Great American Bash. I'll let you guys vote on that, I guess, if you want to see me live tomorrow night. Should be a decent show. So we may be live tomorrow night to round out the week. Make sure you guys get those Super Chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show as always. Memberships, they're always open. As always, hit that Join button down below. And make sure you guys leave me a comment. If you're watching this video after the fact, leave me a comment down below. Let me know what you thought about AEW Collision. Every comment down below helps in generating the video to the recommended section, man. So make sure you guys let me know what you thought of AEW Collision. We're going to start at the top, ladder match. Andrade El Idolo versus Buddy Matthews. This was for Andrade's Mask. Andrade's Mask is the focal point in this story between he and the House of Black. I'm assuming that we'll get the Andrade and Malachi match at some point. Maybe they save that for All In, which should be a tremendous match if that is the direction that they're going in. Now he's got the mask. Now he's got to take the fucking head of the snake out, which is Malachi, who is the leader of the House of Black. I thought this was a tremendous match. It wasn't one of those ladder matches that you're going to watch and it's going to be fucking dives and death-defying spots all over the place. The reason why I enjoyed this ladder match is because they didn't do any of that shit minus spots that really mattered. They took their time. The pacing was very good, they didn't overexpose and overembellish on the big spots. There was a spot here, a spot there. There was a tremendous ending with a pair of handcuffs and Julia Hart getting involved, which then led to a nice spot with Julia and Buddy Matthews going through a table down below simultaneously, with Andrade winning the match. This was great. One of the better TV ladder matches that you'll probably see this year. And Andrade gets the victory in what I thought was a really fun match to open AEW Collision. This is actually the second time that these two have wrestled on Saturday night. They actually wrestled on the first ever Collision, which I thought was the better match of the two. That match was tremendous. I mean, that just set the tone for what Saturday nights are going to be like with AEW Collision. But this was still a very good time on Saturday night. So we start off here, and the two went out. There and at each other. Andrade sent Matthews out to the floor with a couple of chops. Andrade climbed the ladder on the outside and hit a moonsault on Buddy out to the floor. So they're already on the outside and he's already climbing the ladder. Very, very tame spot there with Andrade doing a beautiful looking moonsault on top of Buddy Matthews. Andrade took some time to get a couple of ladders into the ring. Matthews comes back. He gets some strikes on Andrade. Andrade sent him into a ladder before hitting a three amigos in the middle of the ring. Matthews avoided, as always, everybody does, avoided the third suplex in the three amigos, but he did not avoid a hip toss into a ladder in the corner by Andrade. That looked like it sucked. It made a beautiful sound with Buddy Matthews' flesh. Andrade went for a ladder-assisted double knee attack, which I didn't really think made much sense because... Buddy was in the corner, and he had a ladder position trapping him in the corner. I don't know what Andrade was going for. It looked like he was going for his Meteora. I don't even know if that was logistically the right move to do there, but he was attempting it anyway. So when he attempted the Meteora, he ran at Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews sprung up and threw the ladder right in Andrade's face. Very nice spot there. It was at this point that Buddy Matthews went outside, And he went to have his shoulder checked on. We went to picture-in-picture. So, it looked like the doctor pulled Matthew's shoulder back into place. Now, I don't have any concrete information on this. Some people were telling me on Twitter tonight that Buddy Matthews suffered a legit separated shoulder. I don't know if SAP reported on this. I don't know if anybody else reported on this. I'd be very curious to know what you guys know about this. Did Buddy Matthews really pull a pop a shoulder back in play spot legitimately in the middle of this ladder match or was this done just to sell the effects of going to tv right slowing the match down during a commercial break and kind of pacing the match the way that they did because that was my first inclination on this they they go to a double picture and picture commercial break And they wanted to slow the match down without giving too much away in the commercial break because they have to take a commercial break in in the middle of this ladder match. So, I don't know what was going on. I I hope that if it was a separated shoulder that he's okay and he's not going to miss much time. But if that was, man, what a trooper Buddy Matthews is. Tremendous, if that's the case. So, anyway. Doc Sampson puts the shoulder back in place. We come back from commercial. Matthews. Is ragdolling Andrade around the ringside area. Matthews then builds a ladder bridge between the ring and the announce table, and Andrade went into it with a flapjack done by Buddy Matthews face first. Beautiful. So they fought on the apron, both mentees falling into the ladder bridge. Eventually, Andrade ended up running into a double arm DDT onto the ladder. That looked great. Matthews set up a table in the corner of the ring, which would then come into play later in the match. And Andrade was driven headfirst into the table multiple times, but it did not break. Matthews went up for the mask. Andrade tipped him off the ladder before hitting a back elbow that sent Matthews onto a ladder bridge on the other side of the ring. Andrade climbed the ladder and Matthews on the other side. So he dared Buddy Matthews to meet him up top. He wasn't even... Trying to win the match, he dared Buddy Matthews to meet him up there as they wanted to continue beating the shit out of each other. They fought on top of the ladder before Andrade hit a sunset flip powerbomb onto the ladder bridge, which looked fucking great. Andrade went for the mask. Matthews up, pulled him down, and drove him into his knee with a knee strike. Julia Hart all of a sudden gets a pair of handcuffs, helps Matthews lock Andrade onto the ring post. He goes nowhere. Looked like Buddy Matthews was going to win this match. Matthews went to hit Andrade with the chair, but Andrade kicked the chair into Matthews' face, taking him out of the match for a little bit. So at that point, Andrade grabbed the key from Julia Hart and unlocked himself from the handcuff, and then he locked Buddy Matthews into the handcuffs. He then takes the key and throws it into the crowd, and no way Buddy Matthews was getting out of that situation. So at this point, Andrade starts climbing the ladder. He's about to win the match. He's about to get his mask back. Julia Hart pulls out a a bolt cutter. She pulls out a bolt cutter from underneath the ring and snaps the chain in half, freeing Buddy Matthews. She goes up top. She starts choking Andrade, who's climbing the ladder, as he's going for his mask. So at this point, they're on top of the ladder, Julia Hart, is on the opposite end of the ladder. Buddy Matthews is still down below, and Andrade and Julia are on top of the ladder. She starts slapping him in the face, and he's starting to get angry. All of a sudden, Julia Harkos flying off the ladder as Andrade pushes her off right onto Buddy Matthews, and they both go crashing into the table down below, which was set up in the corner. Andrade grabs the mask, and Andrade gets his mask back and wins what I thought was a very good TV ladder match to start AEW Collision. I thought the pacing was great. I thought that they kept the big spots to a minimum. The less big spots you do, the more memorable those big spots that you do are. Every single ladder match, you you, you typically see them going above and beyond to wow you and try something different. They didn't do anything different here. You didn't see anything new and original in this ladder match What you saw was two guys using the ladders as effectively as they can to tell a story. And that's exactly what they did tonight. Excellent match. I'm looking forward to seeing if Andrade and Malachi meet one-on-one. Buddy Matthews, I hope that he's okay. And Andrade, man, if you really want one big takeaway in the first two months of AEW Collision, Andrade is at the top of that list. This show has really made him stand out as a top act in AEW. And I hope that continues to be the case because Andrade, and I'm not taking anything away from Buddy Matthews either. This is the type of show that's going to spotlight these types of guys. And Andrade right now is a top act in AEW, is becoming one very quickly. And Buddy Matthews is right there with him. Two tremendous guys, great match. And I'm looking forward to seeing where this continues with the House of Black against Andrade. One thing I, I thought was going to happen here is I thought we were going to see Roosh. Now, Roosh signed a multi-year deal with AEW. I thought Roosh was going to be back on AEW TV in this moment with Andrade helping Andrade win this match. We did not get that. So, I'm assuming with with Roosh signing a multi-year deal with AEW, I I think that we're going to get them paired up together as it makes the most sense. And that it will give Andrade at least some backup as he continues to battle the House of Black. So, I'm looking forward to that. And this was a great match between these two guys to open tonight's show. Backstage, Tony Schiavone is set to interview Miro. Miro really hasn't had much to do on this show as they continue to find him something to do here. All of a sudden, Aaron Solo jumped him. Aaron Solo, yes, from QTV, jumped him and attacked him with the chair. Miro fended him off and beat him down, then bashed him across the back with the chair. Rusev then yelled for Tony Schiavone, and that's all that this segment consisted of. I don't know what we're doing with Miro. Please don't tell me Miro is battling QTV. Please. I, I, I don't know where they're going with this. Is Will Hobbs, is Will Hobbs still in QTV? Doesn't really bode well for Miro, man. I'm looking forward to Miro on TV, and this was not a good start to get him into a program on Saturday night. Don't know where they're going with it right now. I could not really give a single shit if it's anything to do with QTV. Darby Allen, He wants to fight tonight. He wanted anybody to come out from the back and fight him as he's getting ready to challenge for the TNT Championship, which right now you think it's held by Christian Cage, but it really is Luchasaurus, who is the AEW TNT champion. I love how Christian Cage just parades around like he is the TNT champion. He didn't really do anything to win that championship. It is Luchasaurus, in fact, who is the TNT champion. We got, a, we got an impromptu match tonight with Darby Allin, and he acts for a fight, and out comes Minoru Suzuki. Now, we've seen this time and time and time again. Minoru Suzuki makes a guest spot here on Dynamite, a guest spot here at a pay-per-view, a guest spot here tonight on Collision. We've seen this same song and dance with Minoru Suzuki on AEW television. So the impact of it when he comes out, it's like, okay, that's, that's great. You know, Minoru Suzuki's here for the, uh, another Tony Khan payday. But is it really exciting? I mean, is this going to get you guys to jump off your seat and watch AEW collision on a Saturday night? Yeah, Minoru Suzuki is back on AEW television. I mean, I don't really care about Minoru Suzuki. So I didn't really pop for it. It makes for a fun match, but I can't sit here and tell you that I actually cared for it. We've seen this time and time and time again. And just like the ladder match, you do those big spots Every single time a ladder match comes up The impact of them kind of lessens The fact that Andrade and Buddy Matthews went out there And did what they did in moderation It was a little bit more impactful If this was the first time I seen Minoru Suzuki It would be a big deal to me The fact that we've seen this how many times now It's not really that big of a deal When Tony Khan trots 50 plus year old Minoru Suzuki out there This was a fun match though I'll give them credit Darby and Minoru worked really good together, and the crowd ate this shit up. The crowd was all over this for 10 minutes. Darby got the match that he wanted, he got a fight, and it's against Suzuki. So, these two went in there and beat the shit out of each other. Allen laid in some strikes to Suzuki. Before Suzuki dropped him with a big forearm strike, Suzuki was beating the shit out of Darby Allen, landing a penalty kick for a near fall Suzuki ripped the tape off of Allen's waist. We go to commercial break. We come back from break, and Allen is laying in shops to Suzuki, only for Suzuki to hit him with a single chop to the chest that knocked Darby Allen down, and he could not get up. He tried to get up. He fought back. Suzuki dropped him again with another knife-edged chop, and Suzuki offered a free shot for Darby Allen. He felt bad for him. I'm knocking you down. I'm beating the shit out of you with my chops. I'll give you a free one to see what you got. Allen took several shots before landing a sloppy-looking code red because Suzuki didn't take it as he should. It looked a little sloppy on the landing. Allen went for a coffin splash in the corner. Suzuki caught him in a choke. Allen avoided the gotch pile driver, and he hit a springboard coffin splash. Allen went for the coffin drop. Suzuki caught him in a rear naked choke, and Allen rolled back, coming off the coffin drop, pinning Suzuki's shoulders to the mat with a flash pin. One, two, three, countering the chokehold, coming off the top with the coffin drop. Nicely done there. Crowd really liked this, and it really played up Darby as being a badass. He wants a fight, he got a fight, he won the fight. Good for him. Christian Cage showed up on the big screen and basically he is telling everybody that the TNT championship has never been more important than it is now with him holding it. He did bring up Darby Allen having a problem with Swerve Strickland and A.R. Fox. He's got a couple issues to take care of. He needs to focus on that before all out. Christian Cage said the TNT title meant way more now than it did when darby allen held it so they continue to build this match for the tnt title we got a match for all out christian cage versus or luchasaurus i should say luchasaurus christian cage would be the better match but luchasaurus versus darby allen for the tnt championship already made for all out we got a match made for all out we got one not one match announced for all in at all Tony Khan has not announced one match at all for Wembley. But we got a match for the TNT Championship in Chicago for All Out. He's doing things backwards. But this is what we're doing. I'm okay with it. And more Christian Cage on my TV, please. Anytime he's on TV, man, it's just excellent TV. Him parading around as the TNT Champion, when we all know Luchasaurus is the TNT Champion, it's great. And I'm just glad that they finally gave that championship something to do. For weeks, months, me and Jesse have complained that the TNT title needs to be a little bit more important. Christian Cage, you know, he is not the real champion, but what he's doing right now is at least helping the championship gain back some of the credibility that it lost with all of the piss-poor booking decisions that management did with Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs, and Wardlow again, and Wardlow for the third time. I like it. It's good TV to me. It's entertaining TV, and I'm looking forward to that match with Darby at All Out. We got a hype video. Apparently, we are actually getting a women's championship match on Wednesday night Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida on AEW Dynamite 200 for the women's championship. So we got a vignette previewing the match. Tony said Sheeta was the pandemic champion. And just like the pandemic, we're all glad that it's gone. She said she's going to beat the piss out of Hikaru Sheeta on Wednesday. She warns her not to come at her with the kendo stick or else she's going to turn it on her and she'll need it as a crutch to get around. So we got this match. I don't really know how this came about. I'm assuming with Sheeta. She beat Nyla Rose on Friday Night Rampage. I don't watch Rampage, so I don't really know. I'm just taking a logical stab at that. She beat Nyla Rose, and now, because she beat Nyla Rose on Friday, that warrants Tony Khan to book a match with Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm for the AW Women's Championship on Wednesday. This is the problem with the AW Women's Division. You know, because it looks good on paper, and because Tony Khan needs a token women's match on the show... That doesn't mean you could just throw any random women's match on the show and then try and make sense of it with a week build. Literally, seven days. Not even seven days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Five days. Five days. That's how they're going to warrant and make sense of this match happening on Wednesday. No story, no build. Shida's been off television. Last time we saw Shida on television, she was embroiled in a feud with the outcasts, whether or not she was going to join the outcasts or turn on the outcasts. All of a sudden, that got dropped. Now I'm supposed to care about Hikaru Shida getting a championship match because she beat Nyla Rose, who is never on TV, and beating Nyla Rose gets Hikaru Shida a women's championship match. This is the problem that we have with the women's division. They just seemingly throw shit at the wall and don't really care. As long as they get a women's match on the show, then all is right. We can't have a dynamite without a women's match. Here you go. At least try and make it make sense. All because it looks good on paper doesn't mean that I'm going to accept it. All because you got Tony Storm and Karashita who are two of the best women wrestlers on the roster... Doesn't mean I have to like it. Why am I going to like it? Because it's a good wrestling match? I know it's going to be a good wrestling match. The possibility of it being a good wrestling match is very high. Why do I care? Why should I care? Where's the story? That's the problem. Samoa Joe. He went one-on-one with Gravity. Tony Khan got gravity for Dynamite. Tony Khan got gravity for Rampage. Tony Khan got gravity for AEW Dark. (laughs) Ring of Honor. And Tony Khan got gravity for Collision. I don't know what it is with gravity. Might as well just give this guy a fucking token AEW contract with an all-elite graphic on Twitter. I mean, I don't really find him to be all that exhilarating and all that exciting. He's just another token luchador with a fucking mask on and a shitty gimmick. What is there to like about Gravity? Oh, but he's Bandito's brother, JD. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit who Gravity is. But at least we got Samoa Joe, right? At least we got Samoa Joe on a Saturday night carrying around a worthless Ring of Honor TV title. He wins in 2 minutes, muscle bustle, muscle buster for the win, and that was basically it. The best part of the match is Gravity starts moving in slow motion like he's moving in gravity and he goes to the top rope and goes for a big crossbody and Samoa Joe is moving like he's, you know, being affected by gravity. He slow moves away from gravity coming off the top rope. Easily the best fucking part of maybe the entire show tonight. Samoa Joe is a national treasure love Samoa Joe, now maybe he drops that TV title and comes back to TV full-time. We should not be having talent like Samoa Joe on Ring of Honor television. It's a waste of time. Now, supposedly, Gravity is in a TV title tournament to see who wrestles Samoa Joe for the TV title. They really pulled a WWE move here. So apparently, Gravity is four, one of four guys vying for an opportunity at Samoa Joe's TV title, Ring of Honor TV title. But they opted to book this match tonight with Gravity and Samoa Joe. Meanwhile, he's in a tournament to see who wins to get an opportunity to wrestle Samoa Joe for the TV title. So if he lost here in two minutes to Samoa Joe in an non title match, hey, why is he even in the fucking tournament competing And why would anybody think he's going to win the tournament if he got a match with Samoa Joe tonight and got fucking buried? Another waste of my time. But at least we got Samoa Joe on TV, and I can't really complain about that. I can't complain about that. Shivani. He stood middle of the ring, and he came out to interview CM Punk. He got to the ring. CM Punk had a loud CM Punk chant. There were boos thrown in there. And he's in there with the fabled and mysterious red bag that he brought out on the debut episode of AEW Collision back in the middle of June. Shivani's out there, and he asked CM Punk about Ricky Stark's And asked what's in the bag that he's been seen carrying around. Punk said there's been a lot of things happening in AEW. He asked Hartford how they were doing. He said it's been weeks of rotten travel. And he just got to the building two hours ago. I always make my towns and I show up for the people in the building. So we got more CM Punk chants. Thanking CM Punk for showing up tonight. I'm glad that he did. He said some people don't want to talk about certain things. He brought up Wembley Stadium. Seemingly, Tony Khan does not want to talk about Wembley Stadium, seeing that we don't have one single match announced and the show's taking place legitimately in four weeks. He talked about Wembley Stadium. He asked if he was the first wrestler to bring up Wembley Stadium on TV. He might actually be the first wrestler to bring it up on TV. He said maybe they'll find out by the end of the night. If he has a match at Wembley, which got a lot of people excited because by the end of the night, MJF was in the main event. And obviously, he was alluding to possibly something with MJF. He then talked about what was in the bag. Sam Punk said, listen, I'm not mad at Ricky Starks, but I am a bit disappointed. I can take the loss. Can you take the win knowing that you are a cheater? He said, responsibility sucks a lot of the time. Sometimes you have to wake up and do things that you don't want to do because you're the responsible adult in the room. Uh Uh-oh. Did we just get another elite under the table mention? You got to wake up and do things you don't want to do because you're the responsible adult in the room. Meaning, apologize. CM Punk seemingly apologized or wants to work things out, and the elite do not. So there was another inside reference to what happened there. Uh, I'm assuming that was CM Punk indirectly bringing up what happened last year with the Young Bucks and Adam Page. What's in the bag? Fans are chanting, what's in the bag? Punk put his hand to his ear. He was listening to the crowd. He said, Ricky Starks is a cheater. And Starks has mistaken his kindness for weakness. He said when he came back with the bag, he said he wasn't going to be nice anymore. He did say that. He did say he was not going to be Mr. Nice Guy. He reached in the bag and said, The truth doesn't care if you're nice. He pulled out the OG AEW World Heavyweight Championship. I am the real world's champion this title has my name on it, not because I deserve it, because I earned it. Nobody has pinned me or submitted me for this title. This title is still covered in my blood from September when I beat John Moxley for it. He dropped it in front of himself. He then takes a can of spray paint and sprays a black X over the title, the center of the title, so it's The AXW Championship instead of the AEW Championship. Somewhere Elon Musk is suing for copyright infringement. He spray-painted a big black X over it. Very NWO-esque here by CM Punk. He said the X has represented him since 1997. And it's the foundation he has built his professional wrestling career on. He said it means he's straight Edge. And straight edge means, I'm better than you. Ooh. We got another uh, possible indirect CM Punk to MJF reference there. Straight edge means, I'm better than you. Said the title is his and it belongs on collision. Said the title isn't stolen, unlike his catchphrase. He held up the belt and said, I am the real world champion. The title isn't stolen, unlike his catchphrase, which is another MJF indirect mention, because MJF calls himself the best wrestler in the world. Ricky Starks walks out and said before he goes any further, he wants to have a proper entrance. He came out to no theme music. Comes out, he asks for his music to play, and fans... They pretended they didn't see Ricky Starks the first time. He comes out to his theme music, and Starks is entering the ring now to face Punk one-on-one here, face-to-face. He said he bit him before Punk could bite him. He got distracted by something at his feet. He kicked it and said, get this shit out of here. I don't know what he kicked away, but it got heated very early on here with Ricky Starks and CM Punk. He says he's defeated Punk twice. He asked, Who else can say that they've done that? Stark said he's not only the real world champion, but also the face of collision. Punk asked, Are you the face of collision or are you the face of cheating? He asked if Starks beat him or if the referees beat him. Stark says he can beat him if Stevie Wonder was the referee. He said he's the man with the plan. Punk said, sounds like Ricky wants a title shot. Ricky yelled, I deserve a title shot. So we got Ricky's title, CM Punk. Ricky's title, CM Punk chant breaking out in the crowd. Punk said Starks owes a big assist to the referees. He said, if he wants a shot at the title, he'll need a special guest referee. Starks said, that's fine with him. He said, it's no secret he has no friends around here. And after the fans oohed and odd, Starks said he is calling a spade a spade. He said maybe he can go to Stamford and get somebody to be the special guest referee. So, an indirect mention to WWE headquarters right up the road from Harford in Stamford, Connecticut. Fans obviously took that and ran with it. Starks said, Whoever it is, I don't care. Punk said he anticipated this a little. And he said he made some phone calls in preparation. He said it's somebody from his past. He asked Starks if he really wants a title shot. And Starks says, yes, I deserve it. Punk shook Ricky Starks' hand. Shivani said the match is set for next week in South Carolina. Fans booed because they weren't getting the match tonight. I don't know why they would expect this match to be made tonight. Shivani then announced that the special guest referee will be Ricky the Dragon Steamboats. Fans cheered at that. Starks looked at Punk, and apparently Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is a part of CM Punk's history and has special guest refereed. CM Punk matches in the past, and he's bringing somebody that he could legitimately trust to do the right thing here against Ricky Starks. Now with the AEW Real World Championship on the line. Punk was great here. Everything CM Punk does, I always say it brings a sense of legitimacy to the show. I'm finally happy that we got what was in the red bag out in the public eye. We finally know what was in the red bag. I think you and I all knew what was in the red bag. It was the AEW World Championship. I'm finally you know, at a point where I can say, you know what, now we're getting the ball rolling. What did I tell you guys last week? on the AEW Collision post-show, I said, you are starting to see the CM Punk universe on Saturday night kindly come into play. You're starting to see the little pieces to the puzzle reveal themselves on Saturday night. This was a huge chess piece moved on the big board game that is CM Punk on Saturday night with AEW Collision. Now we have a meaning to what CM Punk is back for. We now have a reason for CM Punk being back. A reason to now tune in to AEW Collision on top of all the other great shit that we've been seeing on Saturday night. We are now diving into the long-term aspect of what this means for AEW television. Because this one moment on this show tonight is going to transcend not only Collision... But it's also gonna affect what happens on AEW Dynamite. What happened tonight? A lot of you people are looking at this and saying, all right, we got another world championship on AEW TV. That's great. That's great. This one angle here is going to affect both AEW TV shows. And I can't wait to see this all play out. We've seen this time and time again. The real world's champion gets injured. He never lost the belt. He goes away for an extended period of time. He comes back with the title. But at that point, we've already crowned the new world champion. The new world champion thinks he's the real world champion because he won it. And it's not his problem that the old champion got hurt and had to relinquish the title. But the old champion thinks that he never lost the championship. He never had his shoulders pinned to the mat, which CM Punk believes never happened to him. We are on a collision course with CM Punk and MJF for the real world championship. When will that be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we're going to get it at all in. I don't think we're going to get it at all out. I do think that when we start to get back into the swing of things with the MJF going back to being a heel and the biggest free agent of 2024, the bidding war of 2024, that's when I think we see this shit really start to pick up steam. I I loved everything about this. I thought Ricky Starks was great here. I like that Ricky Starks has a position on this show that really makes him a standout top guy on AEW television. He's in the ring with CM Punk and his storyline with CM Punk. He's getting some spotlight for himself. It's great. It's great. I also do like the fact that CM Punk has called Ricky Starks a cheater. I I I love the fact that CM Punk is not letting this go because he did say, and I'm glad that they're making sense of it, he did say that whoever beats me and is able to beat me will be able to fill my shoes. Until that point, everybody needs to shut the fuck up. I like the fact that CM Punk is calling out Ricky Starks as a cheater not once but twice because if he didn't, the story really wouldn't make sense and he'd have to go back on his promo and kind of rewrite that a little bit. So I like the fact that CM Punk is calling Ricky Starks a cheater here and he had to cheat to get those two wins over Punk. Great shit. Great shit. Absolutely great shit. We got the real world championship on the line. It gives whatever AEW Collision is doing now a little bit more importance. Because now there's a world championship attached to this show. You can look at it any which way you want. You don't want to look at this as a real world championship? Fine. You want to consider MJF the real world champion? Fine. I'm looking at it as Dynamite has one champion and Collision has one champion. We're legitimately on a collision course for both of these guys to meet to crown one world champion. I love simple, effective storylines like that. And when you include MJF and CM Punk in a storyline like that, you are on a collision course for fucking great television. I'm super excited about this. Excellent stuff here between Starks and CM Punk. We got another match here that I don't really think meant much to anything. But it was fun while it lasted. We got the guns. Austin and Colton Gun, along with Juice Robinson against Darius Martin, Vikingo, and Action Andretti. So we got the guns and Juice winning in about seven minutes here. Uh, This was pretty fun while it lasted for the seven minutes. And everybody got their shit in. And it didn't really matter much to anything as long as the Bullet Club got their win because the Bullet Club... Maybe one of the hottest acts in all of pro wrestling right now, especially with Juice and Jay White and their recent performances on Saturday night. Androni missed a split-legged moonsault on Colton before rolling through and hitting a Pele kick to Austin. He dropped Colton before avoiding a senton splash from Juice. Dante, or uh, what was it? This is um, Darius Martin. I keep waiting for Dante Martin to get back in there. Darius Martin. Darius Martin's in there. And Action Engine Ready launched. Vikingo onto all three guys to the floor. Guns got control back towards the end. They took care of Darius before hitting the 3-10 to Yuma, which is their tag team finish for the win after the match. Juice brought in a huge cardboard cutout of Jay White, who was not there tonight. And they were doing the guns up Bullet Club uh, with the cardboard cutout of Jay White, man. Excellent stuff here by Bullet Club. Really looking forward to seeing where they go uh, into with the rest of the summer, rounding out for the Bullet Club. But this was a fun match for what it was. Don't really care about Vikingo making these sporadic appearances on AEW television. We were all sold on a dream match between him and Kenny Omega on Dynamite. And then seemingly once every two, once every three weeks, we see Vikingo show up on AEW Dynamite. The more you do that, the less effective his performances and his appearances will be. I don't really get it. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of Vikingo. I think he's fucking phenomenal. But I can't sit here and tell you that I'm blown away by him as far as the presentation on AEW television because he really does come off just like everybody else. If he was so special, you wouldn't be putting him in these random six-man matches just to fill fucking TV time. If he was so special, you would do a lot better with booking him. That's just the way I see it. I don't know. The Gun Club and Juice got the win, and the Bullet Club is on the rise on AEW television. Kiara Hogan, ladies' match here against Mercedes Martinez. This was the first time Mercedes Martinez and Kiara Hogan, I believe, have made appearances on AEW Collision. This is something that Jesse and I have been kind of wanting for a little bit, man. Mercedes Martinez on AEW collision, on AEW TV. Like, where has she been? She's so good and brings a great veteran presence to AEW television. It would be stupid not to utilize that if you got it. So here we got Mercedes Martinez. She gets the victory over Ogan. They got a decent amount of time here on Saturday night. Martinez wins in about seven minutes. And Martinez finished her with her Brass City sleeper, which is basically a... Modified dragon uh, sleeper hold, and it looked vicious. So she did not let it go, and Kira Hogan tapped out with Martinez getting the dominating victory here. When Martinez held on to the submission hold after the match was over, the bell frantically ran. Chris Statlander ran out, and Martinez immediately retreated. Statlander went to go check on Kira Hogan. She had her back turned. Martinez attacked her with the TBS championship and knocked out Statlander. She holds up the championship as she's looking down at Statlander and out comes Willow Nightingale. Martinez then bailed out. And apparently we are set for Mercedes Martinez and Chris Statlander for the TBS championship. Which I'm actually very excited about because I think that's going to be a great clash of styles between Statlander and Mercedes Martinez. This is a good thing. Now, I do think, and if you watched my video earlier in the day, you'll know where I feel and where my stance is on the entire AEW women's drama right now, where a lot of people are saying that it's internal politics within that locker room that's holding the entire division down. It's not really bad booking. It's bad booking, but it's the politics that are leading to bad booking and then the management that doesn't want to deal with the fucking politicking and the bad booking that comes along with it. I think this is the start of something really good if they want to make this out of something. I feel like with Statlander, we haven't seen a lot of Chris Statlander on TV. She won that title from Jay Cargill. She has done nothing with it. We haven't seen her really on Dynamite. She's one of the better, more popular women's wrestlers on the roster. Same thing with Mercedes Martinez. Way too good. Beyond her fucking, you know, she's way beyond a lot of these women on AEW television. Willow Nightingale's out there. She's ascending. Her her, her stock is rising on AEW television. You see where they're going with Willow. She won the Owen, and I think that there is something there with Willow. Willow is getting over, especially with the audience online. I haven't seen much of Kiara Hogan, so I'm not really too big on Kiara Hogan because I haven't really seen a lot of her. I know she's been working Ring of Honor. So be it. I do think that AEW needs a solid nucleus of women on this show. And this could be the start of that. I think these women need to make Collision their show. You don't usually see these women on Dynamite. You usually see the same cast of characters. Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter when she's not injured, right? Soraya. You see Sheeta and nyla rose you 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 see you see those women on dynamite i feel like if collision had its own solid nucleus of women and a leader in that locker room that everybody respects and can get behind a leader in that locker room that's going to really be the outspoken voice that this division needs an outspoken voice that could lead a women's revolution in AEW, to really make it stand apart from what we're seeing on Wednesday night. Who that may be, I don't know. I know they advertised Thunder Rosa for this show. She could be that woman. She could be the leader that this locker room needs with a solid nucleus of women behind it. The TBS championship should be the title that everyone on this show vies for. It should be the prize at the end of the tunnel for AEW Collision. What I genuinely believe would help this division, I think a brand split would help the overall general aspect of AEW Television. I really would. You, you see the aspects of that already with some of the talent you see on this show, but you don't see on Dynamite. You see the quality on a Saturday night compared to what you see on a Wednesday night. Not to show that, Not to say that Wednesday night's a bad show but I think Saturday night is a much better show. I think Saturday night is more up my alley with the talent that's on that show. And Tony Khan has the option to take a talent here and a talent there. If he wants to use them on a Saturday night, not everybody's going to be able to work a Saturday night. They got their own dedicated roster. But I do think that a TBS championship standing on its own on a Saturday night and an AEW Women's Championship standing on its own on Wednesday night would separate the rosters and weed out the week, and it would really show and give an opportunity to the women that don't get it because of those politicking women on Wednesday. And you know there are politics happening backstage. You know that there are women in that locker room that are holding others down. How many times have you seen Willow on Dynamite? We saw her once here, once there. What happened with that? She was mixed in with the outcasts, right? Right? She was mixed in with the outcasts. What happened to that? Went nowhere. How many times have you seen Kara Hogan on Wednesday night? I can't remember the last time I seen Kara Hogan. When was the last time you seen Mercedes Martinez? When was the last time you seen Statlander on Wednesday night? This is what needs to be. This is what needs to be. This, I genuinely believe, would fix a lot of the problems in AEW. A brand split... In general, start with the women. You got more than enough women on a Saturday night, more than enough women on that roster to fill a division on a Saturday night. Give those women a fresh start. They're not going to be the biggest aspect of the show. They're not going to be the biggest talking point and the biggest thing that you're tuning in for on a Wednesday night, as long as they are getting an opportunity. As long as you are doing something to push them and make stories make sense. That's what I want. It doesn't matter who it is. We'll grow to like whoever it is. We just want it to be good. We want it to make sense. Right now, everything that's coming out of the women's division on Wednesday night has made zero sense whatsoever. And it's the same cast of characters every single week. That's what I feel would be best. So I'm glad that Mercedes Martinez and Statlander are getting a match. You're going to see something that you don't usually see. On a Wednesday night. I'm glad Willow is getting involved. I'm glad Kiara Hogan is getting an opportunity. She's worked on Ring of Honor. Maybe they've enjoyed her work on Ring of Honor and have deemed her ready for the big leagues on Collision and on Dynamite. Good for them. This could be the start of something good. Let's take it one step at a time and get it to where it needs to be. Dynamite. Jericho, Takeshka versus Guevara and Garcia taking place on Dynamite 200. Jack Perry will face off with Jerry Lynn. John Moxley versus Shrimp Beretta versus Penta. I don't know where any of this is going. We just got a triple threat match with the tag teams on Wednesday. Now we're getting a triple threat match with one member of each team on Wednesday for Dynamite 200. I don't know. Aussie Open versus Vikingo and Commander. And Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. The only thing that has any storyline implications there are Jericho and Takeshita against the JAS, Jack Perry and Jerry Lynn because Jerry Lynn feels that Jack Perry disrespected ECW and the FDW title, and Taz and Hook. And then outside that, what else really makes sense? What else is a part of a story on Wednesday night? Seemingly feels that Tony Khan, I mean, it, it definitely feels that there are two separate worlds booking Dynamite and Collision. Collision makes sense. Dynamite, some things make sense and the other things don't really make a lot of sense on Wednesday night. That's the type of vibe that I'm getting. I don't know. Main event. FTR against Better Than You, Bay Bay. This is MJF and Adam Cole World Tag Team Championships. I was looking forward to this, very much so. This was the main event, and this makeshift tag team, this beloved tag team of MJF and Adam Cole taking on the World MJF and Adam Cole against the best tag team right now, arguably, on the planet. This was going to be a banger. I was banking on a fucking heel turn here from MJF turning on Adam Cole. We did not get that. Seemingly looks like, at least for now, Better Than You, Bay Bay, is going to survive another week. FTR came out to booze. They were booed. Adam Cole and MJF were cheered. They were obviously the fan favorites here. Crowd was chanting, Double Clothesline, FTR, Double Clothesline, FTR. So MJF is in there, and he and Dax are going face-to-face. They were uh, doing some old-school back-and-forth, really loved it. We got an announcement during the match that Brian Cage and Big Bill will be challenging the winners of this match tonight, next week, on AEW Collision. So obviously, you know, FTR won. It'll be FTR versus Brian Cage and Big Bill. This is another new makeshift tag team. They're getting an opportunity at the tag team championships next week on collision. So MJF's in there with Dax. He faked an ankle injury. Things got heated between MJF and Dax. Both teams had a tense face-off. We go to commercial break. So Dax had MJF in a camel clutch. MJF is being beaten down by Harwood. And he and Cash are double-teaming MJF. MJF got caught by FTR on a tag attempt. MJF dropped both of them with stereo DDTs. FTR went for their own version of the double clothesline, but MJF ducked and made a tag to Adam Cole. Adam Cole ran wild. He landed a bunch of pump kicks on both guys. Dropped Wheeler with a Goroshi Goes for a cover. Gets a near fall. Cole avoided a double-team from FTR, but got caught with a crossbody from Dax. He goes for cover, gets a near fall. Harwood went to the well again. Cole caught him with a super kick for a near fall. Adam Cole and MJF went for the double clothesline. Harwood ducked it and tagged in Cash Wheeler. Wheeler and MJF went back and forth in a tombstone position, reversing tombstone setups. And Cole super kicked Wheeler with MJF, dropping him in a tombstone following that. Goes for cover, gets a near fall. They're now calling for the double clothesline. MJF and Adam Cole are calling for the double clothesline. Dax yanked MJF out of the ring. So that stopped the double clothesline attempt. Adam Cole caught, got caught with a lariat from Cash before FTR set Cole up on the top rope. Adam Cole knocked both of them off. Harwood shoved Wheeler into the buckles to knock Cole down. FTR then hits the powerplex off the top. Harwood followed with a... Weird spot. Adam Cole was basically dead to rights here. He let Adam Cole tag in MJF, who was the hot guy. He was on the apron, refreshed. He lets MJF get into the ring, and both guys start trading strikes and flash pins before Dax hit the big uh, rebound or slingshot powerbomb that he's known for. He goes for cover on MJF, gets a near fall. Harwood set up for a Panama Sunrise because Adam Cole set up a Panama Sunrise earlier did not connect with it. So Harwood thought he was going to be cute and try a Panama Sunrise on MJF. Adam Cole dropped him down. Cole took the referee as MJF hit Shattered Dreams on Harwood and he said he was going to really bust his balls and that's exactly what he did. He goes for a near fall on Dax after kicking him in the nuts and Cash broke up the pin. Cole, back in the ring, went for the boom. Wheeler drilled him with a lariat. FTR set up Cole for a shatter machine. MJF shoved Cole out of the way. MJF countered a shatter machine, setting up Wheeler for a heat seeker pile driver. Harwood comes out of nowhere, who was the legal man, and rolled up MJF from behind with a flash pin one, two, three to retain the titles. Excellent down the stretch. This was fucking great down the stretch. I thought that they were legitimately going to take the titles off of FTR tonight. But I'm glad that they did not. I don't think FTR deserves that. And I don't think MJF and Adam Cole really need the tag team championships here. Uh, After the match, Cole shook hands with FTR. At this point, I thought, all right, Adam Cole is shaking hands with the guys that just beat him. And MJF is going to fucking blast Adam Cole from behind. So, Cole shook hands with FTR. MJF was basically crying in the corner that he lost his match. He lost this match for his team. Adam Cole goes outside, grabs the world championship, hands the world title to MJF, telling him that they lost the match. You didn't lose the match, Max. We lost the match. MJF's got tears in his eyes. And all of a sudden, Adam Cole goes to the opposite side of the ring. MJF takes the world championship, and he's about to wallop Adam Cole over the back of the head with it. And Adam Cole just kind of sensed something was going on. He held his hands out and said, do what you got to do, Max. I know what you're doing behind my back. Just do it. I know you're going to do it. Just do it. Fans are chanting, hug it out, hug it out. MJF is conflicted here. He doesn't know what to do. He's contemplating doing it. He puts the belt down. He picks it back up. He's getting ready to blast Adam Cole in the back of the head with it. All of a sudden, he threw the belt down. Adam Cole turned around, and they hugged it out in the middle of the ring. MJF posed with the title, and the show came to a close. I thought this ending angle was really, really, really well done, man. I thought the match itself was fucking great. I expected it to be a great match. We were not disappointed with the match that these guys produced. But the ending angle... You all know that a breakup is coming. It's not going to last forever. You know, this has been tremendous television. For the weeks that we've seen it, it's been tremendous television. But you know a breakup is going to happen. MJF, we all know what MJF is and who MJF is. He's a devil in sheep's clothing. He's a snake. But right now, we are enjoying what is going on. A lot of people are saying, TK can't break this group up. TK can't end this. It's got to continue. He's making a lot of... Great moves with this team They're selling merchandise People are excited to see them They are entertaining as all fuck On television But the thing is It's not going to last forever Now I genuinely thought that Alright tonight's the night They're going to break up They're going to lose the match Adam Cole is going to get his fucking head bashed in by MJF At the end of the match And we're going to get a match between these two At All In for the World Championship That's what I thought was going to happen But we didn't get it. We didn't get it. Do you want to know why we didn't get it? Because Tony Khan knew we all expected a breakup to happen. He said, you know what? I'm going to keep this thing going. What he did was so simple, yet so effective. Now, they did tease a breakup, and they did tease MJF being conflicted at the end of the show. But what they did was prolong this for another week. Everybody expected it to happen tonight. Now, after what they pulled tonight, you don't know when to expect it. You don't know when it's going to come. Tonight would have been the perfect situation for it to happen. Now that it didn't happen, now we're going to look at Wednesday. Is Wednesday going to be the night? If it doesn't happen Wednesday, when is it going to happen? I, I don't know when it's going to happen, and I do think that with this little dash of unpredictability, it's kind of taken the storyline even to the next level, if that's even possible. I really enjoyed what they did tonight. FTR is fucking tremendous. Adam and MJF had a great match with FTR as we all knew it would be. The blind eliminator tournament proved to be a success. They made they made nothing out of this entire tournament with MJF and Adam Cole. Legitimately, this entire tournament was fucking beautifully executed because of the unpredictable pairing of MJF and Adam Cole and how great it ended up turning AEW TV into. Loved it. AEW Collision was great tonight. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Tomorrow. Next week looks like a tremendous show as well. And I'm looking forward to what happens with not only this, but the whole CM Punk drama that's happening on Saturday night, man. We're just getting the ball rolling, man. The summer of Punk is starting to reveal itself slowly but surely, man. So good on AEW. Excellent show tonight. And consistency week over week, man. That's what we're here for. And that's what Tony Khan has done so great with Saturday night, man. It doesn't even feel like it's the same fucking team that's working on Wednesday, honestly. I don't know who he's got work with him, working with him on Saturday, but these shows have been tremendous. Tremendous. They made something out of nothing, man. They made something out of nothing. Gotta love it. Follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel, including the video that I uploaded today, man. It's a banger. An absolute fucking grade A banger. About the A.W. drama coming out of that women's division. Go and check that out. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got 578 likes. There was about 1,600 people in here, man. I don't know what the problem is, man. Hit that thumbs up. Helps me out. It's free to do so. Hopefully, Jesse will be with me next week. He's missing a great show tonight, man. Would have loved his opinion on a lot of this shit happening tonight, man. And we are about to get into the Super Chats, man, as it is right now. Last call here in the OTS venue. MJF lost. I know. The world champion lost. I don't know what you guys want me to say about that. What do you guys want me to say about it? The world champion got pinned. Did MJF lose to somebody that was not a champion? Did MJF lose to some poor schmuck who was in a championship contenders match? I'm assuming that this plays into a larger angle that MJF lost. I a lot of people are probably going to make a big deal about that. I'm sure all the geeks online are going to be like, oh, well, this was on WWE TV, JD will be complaining about it. Uh, do I like that MJF was pinned? Absolutely no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. What do you want me to say? You want me to sit there and tell you that Dax is not good enough to be an MJF? Because he certainly is. You want me to sit there and tell you that FTR is not capable of beating MJF and Adam Cole on any given fucking night? Of course they are. Of course they can. You're not going to win that argument with me. You're not going to win that argument with me at all. Do I like it? No. But do you know who, who he got pinned by? Give me a break, man. Right now, the story is bigger than what's going on with, oh my God, MJF got pinned. This is one of those rare instances where I'm gonna let it play out, really. I'm gonna let it play out. I'm not gonna sit here and fucking tell you the world is burning and the fucking world is ending. MJF got pinned, fine. We don't have to like MJF getting pinned, but I do think that it does come with a reason attached to it. We'll see. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. I wonder if we will ever get Punk vs. Darby Part 2. I'm assuming that we'll get uh, Punk and Darby again. The Dud with a $5 or a five-month uh, recommitment to the VIP club. Thank you, brother. Dear Hartford, what do you want to talk about I don't know Hartford was a good crowd tonight I thought Hartford brought it definitely brought it for AW Collision tonight Carl Williams with the new membership Carl Williams what the fuck are you drinking brother Angel Alaga with 15 months thank you Angel J.D., loved your earlier podcast about the AEW women's locker room. Both AEW and WWE women's divisions are not good. Impact has the best one by far. Listen, man, AEW could have the best women's division in all of North America. Something going on there that is preventing them from doing that. Ton of egos back there. That's the fucking determining factor for it, man. A ton of egos. Angel, thank you, brother. Billy, thank you once again for the $100 Super Chat, man. I really appreciate you. Easy! With the six months. Hey, JD, just seeing your podcast talking about the AW Women's Division. Perpicker is the absolute problem, and TK needs to do his job. OTS for life. Well... Sean Ross Sapp put out something as a follow-up and said that uh, it was confirmed in that Britt Baker was not the problem in regards to the Lufisto situation. Now, that's just one situation. Britt Baker might not have had anything to do with the Lufisto situation, but who's to say that she's not a problem with the rest of the situation there? I don't know. Frankie Rodriguez with a 499. JD, I have never seen anybody cook CM Punk on the mic like that. Ricky Starks should really be the international champion, in my opinion. I could see him be the international champion, Frankie. But right now he's feeding with CM Punk, which is greater than winning the international championship. Zero Kaiba with 15 months JD, I accidentally unsubscribed from your channel and now I can't chat I have a second channel subscribed though. So i'll chat with that while I wait I don't know how you accidentally unsubscribe brother I don't know how you accidentally unsubscribe when you unsubscribe from a youtube channel you hit, the uns- you hit the subscribe button, and then a prompt shows up. Are you sure you want to unsubscribe from JD from NY? You physically have to take the mouse and move it over to the yes option. I don't know, man. We'll be here for your second channel, bro, but... I can't change the four week minimum to chat in here. Takes care of the trolls, and that's more important than anything. JC 720 with 12 months. It was a good show. I thought the ladder match was good. I thought the ladder match was great. And I thought this was a great show. Wallach Wall with a 999. Big Warlock is back. MJF needs to turn on Adam Cole and join with CM Punk. Punk is better as a heel, and seeing him with MJF is money. Please do a Braun Strowman expression. Hee hee hee! Wee Dummy Express! I'll give Braun Strowman credit. He actually was one of the bright spots of the Triple H era. It's not the Triple H era anymore, man. It's the Vince McMahon era. There was a report today that apparently went out that stated that Vince McMahon canceled the push of the reuniting of the way, meaning Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis, Candice LeRae, Tommaso Ciampa and Indy Hartwell. I'm sure Johnny Gargano was so glad that he's back in WWE, man. All these guys came back thinking that Vince was going to stay away and that Triple H was going to bring WWE to the promised land. But then I have geeks telling me that Vince McMahon isn't running creative. If he's not running creative, how the fuck did he just cancel an entire push for five different wrestlers? Sleep Gang with a $20 super chat. A brand split could 100% work. Hell, AEW's kind of doing it. In my honest opinion, TNT, All-Atlantic, Women's World, and Tag Titles should be on Dynamite with Punk and MJF's World Heavyweight Championships on their respective shows. Trios, TBS, FTW title could be on Collision. Thoughts? I mean... I don't know if we're going to get two legitimate world championships, but they're going to act like there's at least two right now per storyline. TBS title could be on TBS. It could be on Dynamite. The TNT title should operate on Collision. The International Championship should operate on Dynamite. Trio Championships could operate out of AEW Collision. Or they could go back and forth. They could float back and forth between both brands if they wanted. FTR could remain on Saturday night. They could float too. There's a way to do it. It's just got to make sense. But yes, we should definitely have at least a soft brand split for sure. Thomas Franco with a new membership. Thank you for the membership, brother. I really appreciate you. What the fuck are you drinking? Mr. Franco, Steven Brewer with a 999 and then a 499. Jay, do you agree with you about a core group of women on Collision? Somebody I'd like to see is Abaddon. Only clips of her wrestling I find is from indie shows. Bro, I know for a fact that woman has an AEW contract. Where is she? I don't know. The gimmick is not my cup of coffee, but Maybe give her a shot. Maybe tone it down a little bit. AW Mark with a 999. Some of your best takes tonight on women's and another world title for more TV. Also, MJF, Cole, and FTR had a moment after the show with shots and pizza together. Having watermelon liquid death. Love you, says AEW Mark. Bro, I didn't know they had Watermelon Liquid Death. Is that a new thing for the summer? Man, I love their Arnold Palmers. I think they're great, man. Macho Maniac with a $2 super chat. Rewatching WWE with my bud Jolly Jimbo from Royal Rumble 1996. Enjoy it, brother. You guys got to start watching some old school SummerSlams. I would recommend the 2002 SummerSlam, as I think the 2002 SummerSlam is the best SummerSlam of all time, followed by the 1997 SummerSlam. 1997 is not far behind, man. Brian Owens with a $5 super chat. This will be the last super chat for the night. Next week, CM Punk title match versus SummerSlam. That's right. Man, did I forget about that. Oh, my goodness. I may have to watch Collision on rerun, man. I forgot next week is SummerSlam. Yeah, we'll be live for SummerSlam, bro. Thank you for reminding me, Brian Owens. Also, MJF and Roman Reigns have both lost in tag matches. Hey, man. Who's to say that? With AEW looking at what Roman Reigns did for Jey Uso, maybe they figured, you know what? We can afford a loss here with MJF taking the pinfall. MJF loses absolutely nothing by being pinned by Dax Harwood. It's not as apocalyptic as you guys are already making it seem. Frankie Franchise with a $5 super show. I Just got home from the show. Amazing. They sold out of Better Than You Bebe shirts before the show started. Wild. You're the man. Frankie Franchise. Hope you had a good time, brother. It was a great show tonight. That's why they're still together, man. They're selling shirts out like fucking crazy. Like crazy. Guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. It's my last night in Orlando. I'll be flying home at 6. Actually, no, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. I got to be up at 6 to get to the airport by 8, and I'll be in New York, hopefully, by uh, 11.30. Home. Appreciate you guys very much, man. Thank you for joining me on what was a fun stream tonight, AW Collision. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it, including today's extra on the AEW women's drama coming out of that locker room. And next time you see me will probably be for NXT. We'll be back in the office tomorrow. Things will be back to normal Until then, guys, thank you for a great stream. Thank you for the Super Chats. And I'll see you tomorrow night live after NXT Great American Bash. I'll see you guys later.